Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast, where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. I am frothing right now. We have Cheyenne Lee. What is up? How are you? Hey, I'm so excited to be on here with you. Just super stoked and honored to be able to be one of the first on the podcast, at least I think, right? Is that right? You're pretty You're pretty close to being one of the first, yeah. Awesome. I'm excited for this. I'm just ready to get in and get to chat, and I'm sure that we've got a ton of great stuff to cover, so let's go. Let's do this. What's your backstory? What What's your, uh, what's your go-to? Fishing, diving, surfing, what do you got in, in your uh, quiver of activities? Oh gosh. Um, I'm a jack of all trades a little bit. Some of them, a lot of them I've not yet mastered per se. Um, surfing's my newest one. Surfing's my newest, like in the salt life activity. It's been so much fun. And it's one of those things where, you know, it's not always as easy to jump on the boat and go fishing or diving, but you know, if there's waves, it's easy to just go paddle around out there and catch a few waves and have a great time still. That's sick. Like, so you're frothing and surfing now, but everything that I see you post is like freaking huge fish. Oh yeah. No fishing and spearfishing is like the number one thing I do, uh, in the salt life. I've been fishing since I was like pretty much out of the womb. (laughs) I know that sounds a little bit dramatic, (laughs) but, uh, both my families, uh, on both sides, my mom and my dad's were commercial fishermen and they, for generations and generations. So my mom and dad had me out on the boat from like day one, pretty much people were like, you're crazy. Like, don't take her out there. And they were like, no, we've got to go fishing. So I've been on the boat, good weather, bad weather, you know, good catch, bad catch. I just love it out there. And really it's, it's kind of like, it, it's a sense of being home. And I don't know how to explain that other than to say it in those terms, because it's so easy to get caught up in life. And, you know, if you don't get out on the boat as often as you'd like to, you start to feel a giant disconnect from, you know, your actual self. At least that's how I feel. So you like basically grew up on a boat then? Yes. And I mean, I've been spearfishing since I was probably like, I would say five or six because my brothers are two years behind me and Mm -hmm. they needed to be like on the same page as me for us all to do it. So my dad literally sharpened wooden dowels for us, put big rubber bands on them. And my mom would take us and just, we would go around like in the shallows when we were tiny. Like I was, like I said, four or five, they were probably, you know, three or so. And we would just load up on fish, you know, looking back, not not saying that they were the most edible fish, but we were shooting sand perch, <laughs> mangrove, sheep's head, anything we could get our hands on. And that was our like our biggest hobby, going to the sandbar, throwing the cast net or like getting, we had these little tubes that we would alert fish up in and put them in our fish tank. So everything that I did growing up was based around the water. Uh, so it that's just like a lifestyle for me now. I couldn't imagine not being around the water. That's rad. I didn't know that. That is so sick. What did your parents fish for? They kingfish, grouper, snapper. My dad fishes for tilefish now. I mean, pretty much anything and everything, mullet, whatever they can catch that people want to buy, they're out for. Is that what they made their living on? 
Oh yeah. My mom, um, no longer fishes with my dad. He fishes with her brother actually, but he's been commercial fishing for like 30 years now. His dad was a commercial fisherman. My mom's dad was a commercial fisherman. All of her family is. So it's definitely a generational thing on both sides. Did you ever like work with them and get involved with that? Oh yes. Uh, yeah. To say the least. Super gnarly. It, it was a blast, but fishing and commercial, commercial fishing and commercial spear fishing is really hard work. Yeah. Commercial spearing. We used to go for, you know, five or six months and be on the boat every single day, sun up to sundown, spear fishing, lobstering, um, and, you know, selling all that fish being younger. It was pretty exhausting out there. Now I go on the boat two or three days in a row and I'm like wiped out. Looking back, I have no idea how we did it day in and day out like that. It was definitely a grind, but it was so many memories made. That's when I shot the bulk of my records was, you know, being in the water that much. It's hard not to shoot records because you see a lot of fish. Yeah, you're in the water every day. Yeah, so that's definitely something that like, I'll never trade those memories, even though at the time I was like, this is so hard, like this is exhausting. Now I look back and I'm like, dang, I wish I could just go on the boat five months in a row every single day. So your parents were like the backbone of all of your teachings, how you learned everything then. Oh yeah, definitely. And my mom is like, you know, we've always teased her because she, whether it's, high seas, low seas. She's got us out there. You guys are getting in the water. You're going to shoot something like, and we're like, mom, no, like it's too rough or it's too dirty or we're too tired. And she's like, you get in there and you get, you shoot something. And so that's always been like, she's been my biggest bully and supporter, which, you know, sometimes you need a bully to push you along. She was definitely (laughs) it. (laughs) That's so sick. I'm reading a bunch of questions that I have for you from the Salt Life fam. This is for everybody. We have a list of questions that we all want to know. So you hold six women's world records for spearfishing. How long did that take you to get? And what was your like training behind that? So training behind it was just, again, like every day diving. You get really good when it's like you're forced to do that and nothing else. Yeah. So... With records, it's all, I'm not sure how familiar you guys are on the process, but nobody can help you do anything. You can't, they can't help you load your spear gun. They can't help you grab the fish. I mean, the only thing that they can really do is the handoff from uh, water to boat. And other than that, you're on your own. So, and that's always been like a big thing, even if it's not record wise, like I've been trying to keep up with my brothers my whole life and it's not easy. So I've always been, you know, don't, don't tell me what to do. Don't, don't push, you know, don't touch me. Let me do this on my own. So the whole record thing was always relatively not easy for me, but like I was already doing it. So it wasn't like, oh no, don't touch me this time. It's like, okay, like we're not going to mess with her. She knows what she's doing kind of thing. And my first record, I had no idea about world records. Um, uh, literally like that wasn't even ever a thought in my mind. So we were diving a spearfishing tournament and we were in like 30 to 40 foot of water, which I was not expecting to see a kingfish, especially not a huge kingfish. That was my first record. And so I was all alone, bad diving, looking back now, but you know, in the moment I was young and had to get away from my brothers to be able to shoot anything. So I'd wandered off a little bit and I just, remember laying on the bottom, trying to get a shot at a mangrove and seeing this massive fish out of the corner of my eye and turning over and being like, 
no way, that's like a huge kingfish. Like at that point, I don't even think I'd seen a kingfish that big in the water. And I was just like, oh, I just got to get this shot. Like, I, I just remember thinking like, God, please, like I got to get this fish. So I just like slipped my gun up slowly and I pulled the trigger. I shot him right, like right kind of behind the peck fin. And I just remember like my reel was screaming and I was like, oh my gosh, what now kind of thing. Like I've never shot a kingfish this big. Just full froth mode. Yes, um, exactly. So I'm like, scree- I pop up screaming. They think I'm being eaten by a shark. So they run the boat over to me and I'm like, I just shot like a 40 pound kingfish. They're like, no what? Way. And so my dad's like, well, get it, in, get it in the boat. So I believe he tossed me another spear gun. I reloaded the spear gun, put my current spear gun between my legs because I had my real line still going. Reshot Double my, guns. Double guns, reshot my kingfish and then got him in the boat. And I was just like, this thing's insane. Like I was just hype mode. Like I didn't even know if I could enter it in the tournament, but I'm like, this is so sick. So we end up like, I call my whole family, like my whole family's big into fishing. So I'm on the line with all my aunts and uncles. I'm telling them about this fish. And my aunt's like, have you ever looked into world records? And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I'm hang up with me. I'm going to go online right now. Cause we had no cell phone service. We like to go on the internet. We were still offshore. And so she's like, I'm going on my phone right now. And I'm going to find out. So she's now, meanwhile, she's like 70 years old and she's like, tech, she's a tech wisdom. She's still so into it though. She's on her computer and she's like calling me. She's like, this is a world record. And I'm like, okay, Aunt Phil. Yeah, sure. Whatever. She's like, no, really? Like you shot the world record. And so we got in and I started researching and I got on the website she sent me and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is a thing. And then I started thinking back and I'm like, wow, I've shot a lot of records now that I'm looking at this list that I never entered because I just simply never knew. And from there on, like every fish that I shot that was a decent size, I'm like checking the, checking the four. I'm like, okay, who shot what? I'm going to see if this is a record. And basically just me shooting fish and checking it was how I ended up getting so many records. That is insane. What the heck? I did, I honestly, I didn't know any of this stuff. Yeah, it, it was I didn't even crazy. know you had world records. I just like looked through your Instagram and I'm like, dude, I wish I could shoot fish like that. Yeah, it's it's pretty addicting too. Like I have records that I still want to get and, you know, it's, I don't know if they'll ever happen. It seems like kind of like a lifelong goal now. My favorite fish to shoot is black grouper. They're so smart though. And I'm not good with holes. Oh, they're so sketchy. Oh, if like- me and spearfishing, I'm pretty much good other than when stuff goes in holes. And then I just like, I don't know what happens, but I get frazzled and I'm rolling around down there. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what's going on trying to shoot stuff in these holes. So I can't see anything. So that's like definitely my bucket list record fish. I've, I've said it for years. I've prayed about it. I've like manifested it. Like I'm going to get the world record black grouper. And who knows by the time I get it, it might even be much bigger than it is now. So that'll be even cooler. But yeah, I'm not giving up on that one because that's like my fish. I love that. Are you more into spearfishing or like actual fishing with a pole? Um, so I do more fishing with a pole just because it's easier because you have to have enough people to go diving with you for safety purposes. Like you need a boat driver, you need somebody in the water with you watching you, you know, you need all these moving parts and where we live, it's shark city. If you get in the water, we, we do a lot of wreck diving. So 
if you get in the water and you shoot a fish, you need three people watching you to make sure that you're not getting eaten, your fish isn't getting eaten. Like it's a huge buddy system. So it's a very big process to get enough people that want to go out with good weather and good water conditions. So we do a lot of fishing, but spear fishing is if I could spear fish every day, I would. Easy, hands yeah. down. Is there is there a lot of shark? You're from Florida, right? Yeah, I'm in South Florida and is there a lot of sharks? Oh my gosh. You can't even put a line in without anything that you try to catch, sharks are eating it. Anything you try to shoot, they're eating it. They even come up and like will just like come up to say hi when you're not doing anything. Like no way. Yeah, they just cruise around. They're like, what's up, dude? How are you? Yeah, even like in the boat, like we'll toss out an anchor and before we even get a bait in the water, there's like three bull sharks up on the surface behind the boat. Like they're trained to it almost. You know, they see a boat, they think I got a free meal coming. So they definitely are, uh, they're friendly. <laughs> Do they, have you ever had any like super gnarly experiences with sharks? I had like- Talk to us. I want to hear it. Yeah. So like, you know, back in the day when I was younger, I, the older you get, the more you're like, wow, that was stupid. Like I shouldn't have done that or whatnot. And so I look back on a lot of these oh, stories man, and funny. I know a lot of people are going to be like, you know, you need to be with a buddy all the time. And it is true. But back in the day when I was, like you said, just frothing, I was like, anything I could do to one up my brothers or at least try to compete with them. So we were in the Bahamas and- We'd been shooting a lot of fish all day and me and my mom were like, I'm like, mom, like, come watch me. And like, it, it was a far cry to say that because it was like 55 foot of water and my mom is not a 55 water diver. She's a good diver, but it's too deep for her. So realistically, if she needed to save me, she would not have been able to get down. So looking back, that's what was so unsafe about this. But you know, we're diving and I'm like, we haven't seen fish in a while. We're kind of just messing around. And she's got the GoPro and I'm like, oh mom, like GoPro be going down and doing like a mermaid dive. And she's like, yeah, do it. And so I get like halfway down and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a hogfish down there. So like I was not prepared to shoot anything. She didn't know I was shooting anything. So like I see this hogfish and I'm like, this is a big one. I gotta, I gotta go down there. So I keep going down and she's like, you know, GoPro in and all that. And I'm like, I get down and I shoot this hogfish and I'm, I know she's videoing. So I'm like doing my gracious swim up and you know, pulling my hogfish up and out of nowhere, seriously, like four reef sharks appear. And I'm like, uh, this isn't good. She starts screaming because I'm like, I'm like trying to watch all these reef sharks. But what I didn't see was there was one like bottle rocketing up from the bottom straight at my fins. And so I hear her scream and I look down and I'm like, oh no. Like, because I'm pulling my pole spear up. So the more that I'm pulling it up, the closer it's getting to me. And yeah. at this point, like, it's like up to the bottom of my fins. And I, this like, just reaction of like, this is my fish. You're not taking it came upon me, which was really stupid. And so I'm like, I'm, I got to get this thing out of the water. So I'm kicking as hard as I can. And I get it up and it's like, probably like, I wouldn't say mid fin, but you know, close enough to mid fin at this point. And it just, just like that, within a split second, grabs my hogfish. And I'm like, I've got my pull spear. I don't want to let go of my pull spear. Me and the shark are like tangoing and it's it starts like open mouth, like coming back up at me. It's got my fish and my pull spear. So I let go of my pull spear. We, you know, swim off as fast as we can. We get the boat. Everybody comes over and they're like, you're such an idiot. Why do you always got to do stuff like this? And I'm like, you know, it was stupid. Yes. But that was my closest encounter. Um, I should not have pulled it any closer to my body than that. But, you know, in the heat of the moment, it was like man versus shark, woman versus shark and the shark won. <laughs> it makes more fun that way though. 
It's oh more yeah, of an experience. we we tried to. You're, uh, you're like, you like grew up with brothers. You got to compete against them. Oh yeah, it's it's doggy dog, and they are straight up like they will sne- steal my fish. They will like like many times <laughs> like there's so many stories I could go on where like I've punched them out in the water, and unfortunately some of these fits of rage were caught on GoPro. So, you know. Just full fights. Just full me, like thinking they stole my fish and just duking them out in the water. Yeah, pretty intense. That is rad. That is sick. I love that. Yeah, there's a lot of energy. you guys still get into like gnarly fights and stuff? No, not anymore. I think they realize like, not in a way where like I'm crazy, but they, they see how hard that I have to try to like stay on their level and it makes me a little crazy. So they're like, okay, now that we're getting older, they're like, okay, Cheyenne, like you go first. It's okay. Like, you know, yeah. they're, they're not as, they still swipe me on fish sometimes. I still get mad, but we've, we've all calmed down quite a bit. You're like, I know I'm going first. So back off. Yeah, exactly. Like don't even, don't even suggest that it's always me first though. But uh, yeah, they've definitely gotten a lot nicer to me. Did you grow up going to the Bahamas a bunch? Oh, yeah. Like, it's been, um, so like I said, both sides of my parents' families are fishermen. So we started out going to the Bahamas when I was like five years old. I actually shot my first hogfish, I think when I was six. And I'll, I'll never forget, like, the story of my- In the Bahamas. In the Bahamas with a wow. three-pronged pole spear. It was like, my uncle had to give me a boost down to shoot it because it was like a little bit too deep for me at that point because I was so young. And I just, I remember the whole thing. And I think that's what really got me hooked on it. Like that was my first big step up from the wooden dowel was the three prong. So that's a very memorable thing for me. And we've been going over there with my dad's side and my mom's side. It's kind of like an annual trip now. We go with my dad's family, my aunt and uh, all of her kids. We go over there and they're, her kids are younger and they're getting into the salt life. Her daughter's uh, 13 right now. So my little cousin's like all about it. She shot her first hogfish this last trip that we went. And it no was way. just so, yeah, my brother's actually, I was diving with her, trying to put her on one and we just couldn't make it happen. And I'm like, all right, I'm getting out. I'm going to go eat a sandwich. Next thing I know, it's like, <laughs> Skylar shot a huge hogfish. And I'm like, I wanted that. Like, <laughs> but I'm so That's glad so that, rad. yeah, I'm so glad that she finally got to get one and they helped her and, you know, put her on it. So I'm really happy that that happened. Where's your favorite place in the Bahamas? Definitely Walkers, but it's, we haven't been over there in a while. Unfortunately, it's hard to get my family up and motivated to go that far over there. (laughs) How long does it take you to get over there? Um, Do you take a boat from where you're at? Yeah, we take a boat. So typically, depending on how many people we have and what boat we go in, it could take anywhere from like three to six hours, just depending on what part of the Bahamas we go to and what boat we take. Yeah. Have you traveled much more like outside of the U.S. besides the Bahamas or where else have you been? For spearfishing? No. Yeah. Nope. Just pretty much in the States, really. I've been to Louisiana. That was fun. Um, but yeah, pretty much just Florida. Yeah. I feel like the water there is so clear too, like at all times. Like you guys are so lucky. Like here in California, like right now it's right now it's pretty amazing. It's like blue and warm and stuff, but in the wintertime here, it's so grimy and brown water and cold. And it's just like, you guys always have warm water, which is nice. Do you wear wetsuits every time you dive or are you like bikini time? I, I'm usually bikini time. Um, <laughs> the only time that I'm not is when it's too cold for me to go in without my wetsuit, then I'll put on a wetsuit. But for the most part, like I, the wetsuit makes me feel a little bit like claustrophobic. And I know it's yeah. something that like, 
probably takes getting used to, but I just would rather like be like one with the water than have this big bubbly thing floating me around. So that's just kind of my, my point on it. But yeah. wetsuits are pretty nice for wrestling fish and stuff. It's so funny. Cause I'm like, I get weirded out not wearing a wetsuit because I'm always in a wetsuit here. So like when I wear trunks or whatever, I'm like, Oh, this is like really weird. Like my surfing is kind of like flexible now. This is super weird. Yeah, I I actually tried to surf with the wetsuit on in the winter and it was so hard. I felt like I couldn't paddle. I was like trying to get up and just like rolling. I'm like, how do people do this? It's so hard. Like it's so different, you know? Yeah. When you're in the Bahamas, do you ever like just pull fish for like tarpon or anything? Are there a bunch of tarpon over there? Uh, you know, I'm not really sure because we don't do a lot. I've seen tarpon in the marinas, but I've caught tarpon in the marinas too, which is frowned upon. How (laughs) sick is tarpon fishing? I want to catch a tarpon so bad. Yeah. So like in the Bahamas, it's not, we, we never even bring fishing poles over there. We just go with strictly our spear fishing gear. So we typically never even have one rod on the boat, but for here, tarpon fishing is like a big thing. So when the tarpon are up and rolling, it's like, for some reason, I like doing things the hard way. So I love fly fishing and I'm not a good fly fisherman. I will say that, but I'm like obsessed with it. It's so much fun. So every time that they're up and rolling, like people are pitching live baits to them and stuff. And I'm over there like whipping my fly, just trying so hard to, to get one. And so I haven't actually successfully caught one on fly, but that's another one of my, my bucket list fish on fly. Definitely. That'd be sick. I am so bad at fly fishing. <laughs> it's, it's tr- so tough, bad. especially because it's always so windy here that it's like, uh, if you're not good and you have a bad wind, it makes you really not good. So yeah, uh, it's a struggle, but I'm, I'm learning. I always like research videos on YouTube of guys like fly fishing and stuff just to like get like little trip tips and tricks. And I still, to this day, I'm so bad at fly fishing. I've been fly fishing a lot on like rivers and stuff, but there's just something about fly fishing that is so hard for me. I don't know what it is. If I could guess, you're pretty energetic like me. So I think that for my problem is, is it I've taken a class on this and everything, like a real in-life class. And I'm still like, I just get so excited when I see the fish that I'm like, ah, like I throw everything out the window, like the common sense knowledge. And I'm just like trying to like basically throw my rod in there if I can to get it over there. Yep. Froth levels go to like a hundred. Yes, exactly. And then you're just waving the the pole, and you're like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get there." And then <laughs> you like flick it too hard or whatever, and it just doesn't go far at all. Yeah. Next thing you know, you've like wrapped yourself up in the line, and they're like, "Ah." <laughs> yeah. Or just break the leader off, and you're like, "Well, that sucks." <laughs> what? Uh, do you lobster fish a lot or lobster dive? Oh yes, we are big lobster divers. So that's another thing. We have a commercial lobster license. So. Part of our five-month experience was once lobster season rolled around, we switched from fish over to lobster, and then you go as hard as you can at lobster every single day. Um, I am not a tank diver, so, it, you know, no hate on tank divers. It's just not Only my, free diving. Yeah, just only free diving for me. So we're, it's such a great workout, though. Up and down, up and down, you know, loading up lobster, catching two and three in, in your hands at a time. It's it's pretty intense and I love it. But my favorite thing that we do is lobster mini season. We actually night dive and we get our flashlights. We go, you know, we put 
uh, little glow sticks on our snorkels so that the boat driver can see us and we can see each other. And we just get our flashlights and you just free dive at night for them. And it's because they're crawling around at night, right? Yeah, they crawl around a lot more. I mean, there's still quite a few, like the bigger ones are typically still in the holes. Um, but yeah, they crawl around and it's just a, it's a blast. I mean, it's like a whole different world down there at night. That's the only way I can explain it. That's sick. Do you guys have the little like tickle sticks in Florida? We do. I don't use one. I just, uh, I like to think that I have small enough hands where I just like corral them out myself, but <laughs> I actually am. Pre- my dad always brags on me. He's like, you're the best lobster diver in the family. Like I can get in any hole. I can get them out of any hole. Like I'm pretty good at it. Not to brag, but it's a, it's like one of my favorites. Yeah. Lobster diving so fun. I do it here too. I just get, like we were talking about earlier, I get so afraid of the holes and like in the reefs, you're just like in there trying to find them. I'm like, what if I got stuck in here right now? That would not be good. It's weird. You know, now that you say that, I'm thinking back to our conversation that we just had a minute ago, and I've never actually put this two and two together, but I will go my whole body in a hole after a lobster. Like I am getting up in there. I want that lobster. But with fish, just something, it's like some mental block. So now that you've kind of like pointed that out, I need to be like, all right, just pretend there's a lobster in there and go in there. I think that we have it in the back of our mind that we know that lobster are only in like crevices and holes. So we're just like, okay, so we have to go in there. But like fish are kind of everywhere. Yeah. So we're just like, whatever, we'll just like shoot the fish. But then you get like get into a hole lobster diving, you're like, oh, it's way in there. I could probably go a little farther. I could probably go a little farther. And next thing you know, like you're in there like holding your breath for way too long. And you're like, I really need to go up, but I really need to get this lobster right now. Like getting contractions, you're just just like frothing. It's kind of like um, the monkey, like what is that thing where like the monkey reaches its hand in to grab something, but like it won't release it to let it back out, like to get itself out of the hole. Like that's how I feel a lot of times. Like it's like becomes like, I know that if I just let go of the lobster, I can just get right out. But at the same time, I'm not letting go because he's coming out with me, like kind of thing. Yeah. Well, how does your family do with uh, their commercial license with lobster? Pretty amazing. Um, You know, you would think that it's more amazing than it is, but really the first week is uh, only the, is the best of it because you can only, I mean, lobster are like anything else. Once you catch them, they're no longer there. So there's yeah. so many people catching them, especially like you have recreational people, you have commercial people, you have trappers. There's like so many different ways that people catch them. So within the first week of lobster season, they're pretty much wiped out. And then, you know, if you wait a little bit, wait a couple of weeks or whatnot, you can scrap up a few more. But for the most part, like it's, it's one week of hardcore lobstering. And then we go back to fish diving. Yeah. What's the biggest lobster you've got? Ooh, I don't know. We don't really weigh them that often. Uh, probably like six pounds, I would say. My dad yep. got a 14 pound one and this thing was massive. Like it was, we put it next to a tank, like for size reference. And it was as big as a tank. It was wow. huge. That is rad. Yeah. It, uh, we're always like, we should have got that thing mounted. Like we've, we've still never seen one that big, which hopefully we see one again one day. And in that case I will mount it, but yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah. That's insane. 14 pounds. I dude, I don't even know how I'd grab that. Yeah. He said it like grabbed him when he grabbed it, like, because her legs are so big. He's like, it had me by the, like it's legs around me. And he was all scratched up and stuff because as you know, they're rough. Like if you're catching lobster, you're getting scratched up the whole time. 
Yep. Yeah, I have like wetsuits with just straight holes in them. Yeah. From the lobster. Have you ever like been Like they'll grab on your arms and stuff and you're just like, oh my gosh, this thing is gnarly. <laughs> so funny. So your goal has been to aspire and motivate other women to share your love for the ocean and the outdoors. What's some advice you've got for the girls out there? Because even I look up to you and you're diving and fishing and everything. So not oh. just for girls, but for all of us. So for everybody, I guess I'll start with the ladies first. Because yeah, they're, start they're, with the ladies first. They're, they're near and dear to my heart. But um, so I guess my biggest thing is, is so often and just for me having my own personal experience, and this isn't to like, you know, scare, like ladies that are listening, this story isn't made to scare you, but it's kind of like hopefully to empower you. But I can't tell you how many times I've been on the boat, like in a fleet of fishermen or on a bait rock and just had like awful things said to me for no reason, like simply because I was a woman on the boat, like, you know, men yelling and stuff. And it's just like, not even sexual, just mean stuff. Like I've been told I was ugly. Like I'm literally just sitting on the bow with my bait in the water and somebody that gets close to the boat is like, oh, like, like says a remark. And I'm like, you know, why? So you're not saying this to the men on the boat. So my advice is if you ever feel intimidated, because it is like, you know, the, the further we get into the years here, it does become more woman dominated as well, but it's pretty male dominated. So it, it can be intimidating to think, you know, am I going to get yelled at? Or is, is somebody going to say I'm doing something wrong or I'm an idiot? And the thing is, is that anybody that's going to say that to you, just put it right back on them. Like it's them that has the self-confidence issue. It's them that's really the idiot. Like what full grown man attacks a woman that's just out there, like having a good time. So it really comes back to like, just be yourself and, you know, like whoever is out there hating on you or whatever, ignore them because it's about you enjoying the water, enjoying fishing, enjoying whatever you're doing out there and not really, you know, letting what other people say affect you because it's not about them. It's about you. Yeah. You do a really good job with that through your social media and everything. And I feel like by you saying that, like those guys are probably so jealous also because you're a freaking badass and you're getting these crazy fish and lobster and stuff. And they're like, why can't I catch it? Why can't I do this? Like, you know, like they're all jealous and bummed out. So they just like have to say something. You're like, no, screw you, dude. Watch this. Boom. Big old lobster. Boom. Big old fish. You're just frothing. You're like, yeah, screw you. I love it. Exactly. My most uh, hated, I guess I should say my most hateful comments are about me photoshopping fish. Like every, almost every time. And I just have got to the point where I'm mature enough to just delete and block uh, before like it escalates. But yeah, yeah, everybody's like, wow, Photoshop much? This is pathetic. All this stuff. And I'm, I'm like, Photoshop, like I don't even know how to Photoshop. The only thing I know how to do is like maybe throw a little teeth whitener filter on me, but that's about it. So um, when people, you know, they they just like you said, they'll come out of the woodworks and come after you. I'm sure men get the same thing. Uh, so again, to the men, uh, if you're starting out fishing or you know even if you're experienced, don't let somebody's opinion of you, whether it be you're a kook or you're a goon or whatever it be, because you did something a certain way, like you're learning. We're all learning. If we knew everything, you know, then what we would have nothing to learn. So exactly. 
just enjoy your time on the water and just like block them out. Like if you feel like you're having a day where you look like a kook on the boat and you're afraid you're going to be on qualified captain, hey, it's me a lot of times too. So it's not just you. Like there's many times where I feel like I'm just whiffing on every aspect of it, but that's what makes you better. You know, that's how you grow in, in getting better in anything you do. I love that. That's rad. It's funny because it's always the men on qualified captain because we're so dumb. Yeah, I know. I actually don't see a lot of women on there, which is good. Although I think it was because you guys think everything through men don't think anything through at all. I don't know why we don't think things through. Well, we don't. Yeah. Even a lot of times, like I'll, I'll be on the boat with somebody and they're getting out their phone, like to video somebody to put them on there. And I'm like, don't just like leave this person alone. Like you don't know what their no experience drama is. Needs to be started. Yeah. yeah. Like you don't know what kind of day they're having. They might just be totally frazzled, fighting with their wife, having a bad day. You know, somebody's in the hospital and they just are space cadet. So I yep. never, you will never see me posting anybody on qualified captain. So you are safe with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be on there. So, you know, sometimes we have epic days where I'm like feeling top of the world and I'm like, yes, like, I'm so like, not like in a cocky way, but like, I got this. And then like the next time we go out and I'm like, everybody on the boat's catching fish and I'm getting bit off. I'm, you know, ripping the hook out of its mouth. I'm doing everything. And I'm like, what is wrong? I'm just not on my game. And I think with anything in life, you have good and bad days. So don't let the bad days like define you, get back out there, try again. It's a learning experience for all of us. Uh, you know, not everybody knows everything. There's a lot of opinions that float around on how the way, you know, the way things should be done or that you should use this rig for that. And I, this is like one of my favorite sayings. There's a million ways to skin a cat. You know, don't judge. It's, it, it's long as you get to the point where you've got a fish in the boat, you must have been doing something right. And yes, there's different techniques that work better than others, but don't be too hard on yourself, especially if you're learning. Like we're all learning every day. There's things that I'm like, okay, I want to try this kind of fishing now. And I, you know, I'm inexperienced in it, but I'm going to go on and YouTube's a big help. I'm going to go on YouTube and I'm going to see how, you know, this person ties this rig or how this person attempts to catch this kind of fish. And that's also very helpful. And you you have a YouTube channel, right? I do have a YouTube channel. I actually took a little uh, hiatus from this because I was so busy. (laughs) I was so busy with work and, um, my computer crashed. I got a new computer and all my old footage was, I had like probably like five uh, different videos I could make from like the footage that I had. I was just like kind of collecting it for when I wasn't so busy to edit. And then my computer crashed and I had to get a new computer. So that was discouraging. And now I finally, today I actually just edited another video for red snapper fishing. I caught a big red snapper. It was like such a fun day on the boat. And my goal is to be able to get two videos up a month on my YouTube channel. Sick. What's your YouTube? Shout yourself out and your Instagram. I think it's just, I think my YouTube's just Cheyenne Lee. Um, And then my Instagram handle is Cheyenne with an extra E. So C-H-E-Y-E-N-N-E-E-L-E-E. I like it. <laughs> yeah, my, uh, somebody else has my actual name, so I had to throw an extra E in there. <laughs> That's sick. I love your Instagram. It's so sick. You're always posting the raddest stuff. I get jealous though. I'm like sitting over here in California, and you're like in warm water, just spearing sick fish and getting lobster. I'm like, dude, we never get warm water except for like three months out of the year. Really? How cold is the water typically? In the winter time, it's like low fifties. 
Oh, but right now, yesterday it was 74 degrees, which is like really warm for us. That, see, that's that still seems cold for me. <laughs> I'm it's like, insane. wow. But I'm jealous of you guys because you got to swim with like, correct me if I'm wrong, the seals and like the kelp forest. That's the thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. We have seals everywhere, but they're kind of sketchy, dude. Really? Yeah. They kind of, they don't like us. I, that's so weird. I, I always see videos where like they're swimming up to people. So I'm always like, oh, these things must just want to play. Like <laughs> they do. But like we had this one seal at my local break here when I went surfing. We used to call him crazy because he would just like come in the lineup and like mess with people. And he fully bit my friend like <gasps> on the leg. So gnarly. No! Dude. Yeah, he was he was not nice. Oh, he was not a gosh. nice seal. But yeah, do, they're gnarly. Do you guys have porpoise there? Yeah, we do. Yeah. We got all sorts of dolphin and crazy stuff. It's it's sick. We have a, a like our ocean is super live right now, especially during the summer. Like there's bluefin like two miles out. Wow, that's insane. I wish. Yeah, I'm gonna go bluefin fishing like probably ten minutes after we get off of this. Nice. Good luck. And I haven't been in like two years, so I'm frothing oh, right now. Oh wow, you're gonna crush it. That's awesome. I hope so. I'm not that good at fishing. That's why I look at your Instagram and try to figure out what I need to do. Yeah. <laughs> Keep with it. It's hit or miss. Um, tell me your most exciting spearfishing story that you've had besides your first trophy fish. Definitely world record cobia. Um, that was like all around, like I felt like I was in like an out-of-body experience. It was so insane. Uh, we were in Louisiana, water was pitch black, and um I that was my first time over there. We only brought our pole spears because I was with, uh, I shoot a neuritic pole spear. And so we did a team trip over there and we were diving a tournament and I was like, you know, I'm used to diving what we call the Merc in Stewart. And it's, it's pretty uncomfortable at times, especially with sharks and whatnot, but this was next level. I mean, the water was black. I couldn't even see my diver buddy that was like three inches away from me on the surface. So the whole trip was a huge mental battle for me. I would get down like 30, 40 feet and I would just have like almost like a panic attack down there because I couldn't see anything like, and it was like, it was like 40 feet to where the water cleared. And you could like, there was a thin layer between the Merc and then the second Merc that was like, like probably like 20 to 30 feet deep of like clear water but you had to dive through 40 feet of black water to get there. And you hear porpoise squealing and the rigs are beeping and like the current's ripping. And it's, it's really, if you're not used to it, it can be a little bit intimidating. So the yeah. whole trip, I'm like, you know, having this mental battle with myself trying to shoot fish and I was shooting fish, but it was like everything I could do to like force myself to get down there. And I had like awesome team members that helped me. And like for the first couple of dives, like they even like held my hand to like break through the first level. Just so like, it's, I mean, it's scary thinking like we're in like 250 foot of water. It's not shallow. I do not like that. that Anything could be down there. Like the Loch Ness monster could be down there ready to come eat me. I don't know what's down there. So um, we ended up jumping in on a rig and I, it, me and, um, CJ were the first ones in the water and he's like, this is going to be a good rig. Like, let's, let's do this. So I dive down in my first dive. I, I see, I'm like, is that like the water was so dirty. I'm like, is that a cobia? Like, I couldn't even tell how big it was. And I was like, I'm just going to send it. Like, it's gotta be big enough if I can see it. Right. So yeah, I just, uh, I remember cocking, like, I got better cock my pole spears, like as hard as I can and just like, let it rip. So 
I crank it all the <laughs> way so up. Sick. And um, I th- I'm, I'm a big thrower of my pole spear be- to get extra power um, because, you know, being a woman, it's not always easy to get all the band strength. Some of these bands are really heavy. So I, I threw my pole spear and I remember feeling it hit and I'm grabbing it and I'm just kicking as hard as I can backwards because I was so afraid. I have a belt reel. I always use a belt reel with my pole spear, but I've heard horror stories of, you know, losing fish in the rigs because they wrap themselves all up. And I knew personally that I was not going to have the mental strength to be able to dive down and untangle my fish off the rig. So I was just like, whatever you do, Cheyenne, do not let go. Just like kick until you are to the boat. So I just was like full blown fighting this thing on the surface, kicking back as hard as I can. I get it to the boat, get it in the boat. And my injector rod was mm-hmm. one thread away from unscrewing. That's how, no way. because cobias go crazy on the surface. And wow. um, I did not feel comfortable grabbing this thing. It was, once I got it on the surface, I realized how big it was and it was going to whoop up on me. They have spikes on their back and everything. So I got it in the boat and I remember like getting in the boat and looking at it and being like, oh my gosh, it's huge. Like I thought this was like a 20 pound cobia. This is a 41 pound cobia. And I shot it on pole spear in pitch black water and somehow found the strength not to let go of my pole spear and get it to the boat. So that was just like an epic, like battle. Like I felt like I was like wrestling an alligator or something. Like it was pretty intense. So that's, <laughs> just that's the best my, day ever. Yeah. After that, I literally, I remember I, I had brought mangoes with me. I just sat on the boat and ate a mango and I'm like, I don't even care if I get back in today. Like that was the whole, like, that was the most exciting like fish ever. It was so much fun. Do you have any fish that you haven't speared that you want to spear? African pompano, wahoo, um, I'm sure, oh, cubera. That, that's like my ghost fish. It's so hard. Wahoo are super hard to spear, right? Yeah, Aren't I they missed like the super wahoo. Skittish? You did? <laughs> yeah, I did. I, uh, I missed the first and only wahoo that I've ever seen close enough in the water to get a shot at. And um, I foolishly jumped in with my little gun because we hadn't seen a ton that day. And I was like sick of cocking my big one. It's pretty hard to cock. So I jump in with the little gun. As soon as I hit the water, I'm like, oh, look, a wahoo. <laughs> like, no good, way. Good luck reaching it with this thing. So I I was all crazy, like frothing, trying to, I'm doing this at it. I'm doing the jellyfish. I'm, I'm grunting. I'm flashing my flashers. I'm doing everything I can to like try to get this thing's attention. And it's just like slowly ghost moding away. And so I, then I bum rushed it, which was also not good. <laughs> Took a pot <laughs> shot, bum rushed it. And I'm like, all right. That wahoo was, uh, I need some redemption. Yeah, those things are gnarly. I want to get one. I saw a couple in Cabo like a couple years ago that I was really close to shooting. but And I don't spear a lot, so I'm the same way. Like, actually, I'm not the same way because I'm a complete rookie at this. But I just swim towards them. And you're not supposed to do that. (laughs) Yeah, it's well, it's like when you can't get them any other way, this like, instinct of like, I can chase this thing down kicks in and that's like the next move. So I guess like yeah. it's better than not, you know, if you didn't do that, you probably wouldn't have got a shot at all. So there's always For like, sure. you never, what is it? You miss every shot you never take. So like, at least we're yep. slinging shafts at them. But, um, yeah, African Pompano is definitely number, probably my number one because they're delicious and I love mm. eating them and it's kind of hard to eat them if you don't shoot them well or catch them. So uh, that's definitely one that I would love to get soon. That'd be rad. 
Hey, you're getting married soon, right? Yes, we are. We're Congrats. so excited. We're getting married uh, February 2022. And your fiance right now or Right? Isn't yes. a boy fiance too? Yes. <laughs> my fiance is Taylor. Uh, he's Taylor. awesome. Does he fish a lot? Oh yeah. We we fish. So we actually bought our boat together because we were sick and tired of, he had bought a skiff when we first started dating. I had a Ginu, which is tiny. And so eventually we we're like, let's upgrade. So we went yeah. on, on a boat together. Excuse me. Bought our first boat. And, um, you know, we did a lot of work to it. We painted the inside, we fixed some fiberglass stuff and we love it. Like we go out as often as we can. And he's actually like all the time he gets so bummed out because I've been working so much lately. He's like, please let's go on the boat. And I'm like, I wish I can like, because every time I go, I just end up having to be like on the phone with clients the whole time. And I end up like making him take me in because I need Wi-Fi. Um, You sell real estate, right? Yeah. I sell real estate and I mean, the market's been crazy. So that's why I've been so busy, but um, yeah, we, he, he's big into fishing. He goes out without me more often than not lately, which I get a little fear of missing out. Uh, every time he catches something, I'm like, like, I'm a little bit salty. I won't lie. I'm like, you know, I'm sitting here working. You're out there catching these fish and I'm jealous. Like it's, it's human nature, but yeah, he has a good time with it too. That boat that you got, you have a video on YouTube about that, right? Yeah, I did a video. I've of- seen that video. Yeah, it was, that was so hot. It We redid the boat in the middle of the summer wearing those Tyvek suits. And it was like, we probably lost 10 pounds or something just from sweat, like working on it every day. It's, just it full was, workout mode. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like hours just sweating in the sun in like these sweatsuits. You work out a ton, huh? Yeah, I'm, I- That's like I, a big thing of your lifestyle. Yeah. So a uh, little backstory. I was a personal trainer for about five years. That was like- my, what I thought was my life goal in high school. Um, I wanted to help people get in shape. And, you know, uh, I actually ended up taking a weightlifting class in high school and somebody in the class was blind and I was kind of put, uh, not necessarily in charge of her, not that she needed somebody to be in charge, but I was her helper. So everything from hand-eye coordination, you know, it's, it's hard to do if, you can't see. So she was so patient and sweet and I worked with her and she worked with me. And after that, I'm like, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to help people get in shape. I want to help them like live their best lives. And I loved it, but it's exhausting. Five in the morning, like I'm a morning person. So all my clients were at five in the morning and uh, yeah. it, it just gets a little bit tiring. So even still though, I'm still so into working out. I run, I work out, I, I do everything that I can because it's addicting. That's rad. What, do you work out on the beach and stuff around you? Or, oh, yeah. Like, what's your, where's your go-to? So I do like working out on the beach, and people are going to think I'm crazy when I say this, but I almost like to treat it like it's an obstacle course uh, with the sugar, like with the beach sand, because it's so, oh, it's so much harder resistance. So yeah. if, if you're running and you do, you know, hops to the right, hops to the left, and then you pretend like, oh, like nothing's really there but you pretend like something's in front of you or, you know, if there's a patch of seaweed, jump over the seaweed, do a squat, run, sprint. You know, you can really, if whatever it is in life, if you use your imagination enough, you can make it happen. So I get like, people probably think I'm on something when they see me running on the beach, like dodging (laughs) stuff, jumping over imaginary things. But really it's like your calves are burned, your abs, everything is, you know, you can't really go wrong with the beach workout. Even yoga on the beach is even harder. So- (laughs) It's harder, but it's also so relaxing because you're just hearing the waves in the ocean. You're like, oh, this is really cool. 
oh yeah, you can get into the zone so much easier. Yeah. How long have you been with Salt Life? So I believe I'm rolling up on four years with Salt Life now. It was probably the best decision that I've ever made when it comes to um, anything with my social media. They're so family oriented. They're so thoughtful and kind. Like I could call them with any problem, any question and be like, hey, you know, can you guys help me out? Can you work with me? Can you do? And they are always so willing to help. Uh, I, you know, drive Tiffany crazy probably every day. I'm emailing (laughs) her and uh, send her pictures and stuff. But I just, I love the team. Everybody's nice. Everybody's genuine. There's no malicious vibes. Um, It's very family oriented. So I just love it. It is super fun. It's rad that we can just talk to each other and ask each other for opinions on stuff and just go off of each other. It's so fun. Yeah. And they, they do so many opportunities for like to get involved with the team and, you know, like get more involved with the people around you. So it's, it's really an awesome opportunity to be able to have like me and you on this podcast, sharing this podcast with people who might be trying to get into the sport or, you know, might be, might not know if they're interested yet. Yep. And, and even the people listening in on this right now, like they're part of the Salt Life family too. We're all in it together. And it's rad that we can just talk to each other. And if anybody has any questions about surfing, diving, or anything in the ocean, we're all about it. We want to support them and be a part of their lifestyle too, which is super fun. That's the thing. Whether you live in the woods and have only been on the boat or to the beach once, or you go every day, you know, you're part of the Salt Life family. Like you said, we're, we're open to you know, being a part of everybody's experience. Yep. hundred percent. What's your favorite gear right now that Salt Life has? Actually, I'm wearing it. So I have never been a huge dress person. I always just like to wear shorts or pants or whatnot, but lately Salt Life has come out with the cutest sundresses ever. So I've been just like living in them and it's so hot right now. It's like 90 something degrees every day. So I'm no like, way. yes, whether I'm going it's on the- that warm there? It's, oh my, it's like, I think yesterday I went biking and it was, uh, I got in my car after and it was a hundred. It's oh my so goodness. hot. And humid. Oh, humid is like, you feel like you're breathing water. It's like, <sighs> it's insane, especially because we get uh, afternoon thunderstorms. So like before the thunderstorm hits, it's like so humid. But yeah, I've wow. been loving the sundresses. I love the leggings. Uh, my favorite when it comes to being on the boat is Samoa sunglasses. That's like my thing. Like I'm all about the Samoas and um, the performance long sleeves are lifesaver in this heat because I'm always like instant AC, like the shirts come with AC. Oh, so I, nice. I take them and I dunk them in the water and I like shake them out really good in the salt water and then wring them out and put them on. And it's like any little breeze that comes by, it's like instant AC. Like it's it goes from like being like unbearably hot to like comfortable and cool. So that's like a little life hack with the uh, performance insurance. That's why I love them so much. It's literally like having a fan blowing on you. Oh, hundred percent. They're the best shirts ever. I like, if I could wear those every single day here, if the weather was like 80 degrees, I would wear them. They're so comfy too. Like they don't like rash up on you or anything. I know I wear them surfing. I wear them grocery shopping. I'm like, I definitely wear them surfing. Yeah. If I'm like in the tropical, like tropic somewhere. I definitely wear them serving. They're so nice. So yeah, that's that's my favorite gear at the moment. I like it. All right, Cheyenne, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we could be talking for hours, but we're both probably going to go fishing. So let's get after it. Thank you guys for listening in and uh, we'll catch you next time on Above and Below. Bye guys. Thanks for tuning in. I'm so glad I got to talk to you and thanks, Kieran. I'll talk to you next time. Okay, sounds good.
Bye bye. Thanks for listening to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this podcast, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. Stay salty. Phew.